listening to Society Chats, the podcast of First United Methodist Church in Plano, Texas. We're never going back, okay? We're never going back. Um, We live in a new world, and the last two years have changed us. Today, we're in conversation with Kathy Cox. Thanks for listening. We're glad that you're here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Good. Tell us who you are. Sure. I'm Kathy Cox. And what role do you play here at the church? Like, what is your leadership role? So my leadership role is I am the chair of SPRC this year. All right. We're going to talk more about that in a minute. But before we do that, Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, a little bit of your story. Um, If you're not from Texas, how would you get to Texas? Because Texans always want to know that. Yes, they do. If you're not from, and if you are from Texas, you already knew that. (laughs) No, that's right. No, I actually um, was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but you'd never know that by listening to me talk. Um, I got here as fast as I could. So (laughs) when I was, I was five years old when we moved to Texas in a small town um, north of Houston called Spring, which is not a small town anymore, but we had a Dairy Queen and a flashing light (laughs) and all of those things. Um, And uh, yeah, I've been here practically my whole life. So that's how I came to Texas. And my husband is a naturalized Texan and he never lets me forget that I am not true. And yeah. So I'm married. Um, I have a son, Garrison, who is 22 years old, who recently um, moved away from home for the first time. He has special needs, and so it was a really big move. Uh, but he moved in June to a, um, a, basically it's a residential community for adults with special needs out of okay. Austin. Wow. So, yeah. So is he in Austin? He is. Okay. He is. Okay. That's a big move. That's a big change it's for you guys. It's a big move for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So it's our first time to be empty nesters and, you know, be able to be spontaneous, you know, ever. And it's it's different for him, too, because he's living away from home um, for the first time. So, yeah, big year for us. So the place where he's at, just because I didn't know any of that. And and, uh, is it uh, the type of place where they have activities and they do things and they they work together? And yeah, no, it's been it's been around for 65 or 70 years. There's people who've lived there for 50 years. I mean, it is a life. He'll live there forever. That will be his family. Um, his new home, uh, really, you know, we all move away from home and this is his moving away from home. So they're very embedded in the community. They're very well funded, lots of volunteers, lots of, you know, COVID has kind of turned off activities, which Mm. has been a little bit of a challenge, great, really big challenge. But yeah, ultimately he'll have a job probably there on campus. It's a ranch. So they have horses and you know, equine therapy and horticulture, and there's a chapel on site. He goes to chapel every Sunday at two o'clock. Um, you know, it's faith-based and yeah, I mean, and, and it's all ages. So there's, you know, he's 22. There's a 20 year old uh, young man who recently moved there. And there's also, you know, a 65 year old um, man and women who, who have lived there their whole lives, all levels of care. So yeah. That's amazing. So Talk to us a little bit about uh, what you do uh, during the day, like as a, a day job. What do you do is for work? Sure. So I um, I work for Texas Health Resources. Um, I'm the senior vice president of integrated experience there. I've been with them. I've been married to Texas Health as long as I've been married to my husband. Mm-hmm. So I'm in my 29th year there. Worked my way up um, within that organization. I've worked at the Texas Health Dallas 
hospital for 18 of those years, uh, Texas Health Alliance, and then I've been at the corporate office where my job is the basically the consumer experience. Wow. How, so how large is the system? How large is Texas Health? Um, well, we have over 14, we have 14 wholly owned facilities, um, maybe 29 outpatient uh, entrances. We have over 300 physician practices, a health plan. Um, it, it's pretty big. Wow. It's, a, it's a several billion dollar company. Wow. So yeah, largest not-for-profit faith-based organization in North Texas. That's How's awesome. that for the, do I have it down or That's, what? You I, got mean, it. I, you, I didn't you, need notes for that. You all, they, should, they should make you a vice president or something. Oh, well. <laughs> you're ready to go. I love it. Uh, that's cool. So you and Gavin, mm -hmm. right, have yes. been married for 29 years, I just heard you say. Well, we're in our 29th year, in right? Year so we'll, Yeah, yeah. We just celebrated our 28th wedding anniversary in October. Wow. Yeah, wow, wow, wow. is right. How'd you guys meet? We met at University of Texas. Okay. Interestingly enough, we were um, not friends there at all. In fact, we didn't like each other very much. But um, I dated his best friend in college, and when he graduated, I lived in Dallas already. He gave Gavin my phone number and said, call Kathy, and she'll introduce you to people. And I called him and yelled him about it. I said, why did you give him my number? <laughs> and yeah. We, we dated one year to the day and got married. We, we uh, were engaged maybe four months after we started dating. Wow. Yeah. Well, that was a providential phone call. It was. It was. You didn't know he at takes the time. He but. takes credit for it, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it. Um, so uh, talk to me a little bit about here at the church, uh, and this is especially for people maybe who are new to the Methodist Church or who come from a different uh, faith background, a different denomination. Um, what does the SPRC do? What role does it play here at the church? That's a great, first of all, I will call it out because I grew up Lutheran and I didn't know what SPRC was. In fact, I was a member of this congregation for I don't even know how many years and had no idea that it even existed. But it's Staff Parish Relations Committee. And our job, simply put, is the support of the staff, the church staff. Um, whether that be in the hiring, you know, of new staff, whether that be in the unfortunate termination of some, some mm. staff, as we manage the budget, so all of the salaries and benefits um, come through uh, staff parish relations. Um, we also help to make sure that evaluations are done, um, and then just basic support, you know, if, you know, we, we, they call it mentoring. I, I like to call it staff support because sometimes it's coaching They're where they're a staff member who's having a difficult professional experience and they need some coaching and some assistance with that, mm -hmm. with how to handle that. Um, or maybe it's, you know, they have a loss or they have a personal challenge that they just need some emotional and, um, and support from someone in the church. Um, and then sometimes it's also making connections, right, between uh, some staff and congregation where either they need each other in a way they don't know, uh, resources, um, leadership development, whatever that, the case might be. So it, it's a, it, I would call it the HR of the church. I mm. think that that's probably oversimplifying it, but that's the best way that I can describe it to people mm. who don't know what it is. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And that, you know, it's a great thing. And, uh, you know, me being on staff here, my experience with the SPRC has been very positive. Oh, good. And, uh, uh, Please make sure that goes in the that, thing. <laughs> it's been very positive. We'll get that on. Make sure we get that on, on camera. Right. You, are you the current chair right now? Is that right? I am. That's okay. right. So SPRC is a three-year commitment. Mm. 
And so I served my first year and then they asked me in my first year if I would be the vice chair um, and then that be the incoming chair for this year. And then at the end of this year, I'll be the immediate past chair and we'll support the next chair, which is Pam Rossman, who gotcha. will serve next year. And then my my stint, my stint on SPRC will be finished at the end of 2022. So what do you love about, what what is it about that role? Um, so, you know, they came to you a couple of years ago and said, will you serve on this committee? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you said, well, okay, well, I know what it is. And you could have said no. I could have. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a lot of responsibility. It, it is. is. It's there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Mm -hmm. And the SPRC is a really important part of the functioning of the church. So, mm -hmm. um, first, like what made you say, okay, I'll take this on. And then secondly, once you got into it and you've done it for a couple of years, what's been your experience? What are the things about it that you really, that you really love that, that makes you say, okay, I'm glad that I said yes to this. That's, that's a really great question. Um, I will tell you that I, when I was asked to be on SPRC, it was not an easy yes. Right. Um, because you know, as a congregant, you know, I've served on church council, I've served mm -hmm. on nominations. Um, but, but serving on SPRC provides you with information that maybe you as a typical congregant may not be aware of, right? It's a lot of personal information. And it opens the door to knowing staff in a much more intimate way. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to pray about that because I, I needed to be prepared for what I may learn that may be fabulous and may not be so fabulous. And so I prayed about it. I called past chairs and had conversations with them to find out, you know, what their, you know, what their experience had been. And, and, um, and then I felt like I had the gifts where I would be, um, of, of value. I would be a good resource on SPRC. And so ultimately, um, I said, yes, I will tell you that it has been um, one of the best learning experiences I've ever had about how the church works just generally. Yeah. Um, one of the very best parts is that I've gotten to know the staff. I never knew a lot of the staff. As a congregant, you just don't get that experience unless sure. whatever you do within the congregation, however you volunteer, may put you in contact with them. But um, and I, I still don't know all the staff, but I know a lot about them, um, certainly, uh, you know, from hearing their mentors talk. And, and, you know, I've prayed for every single one of them by name. Mm. Um, I know their birthdays, right? I, it, it, so I know the staff um, better, and that's been one of the biggest blessings. You know, and I don't know how to say this exactly, but I've been in, you know, I've been going to church my whole life. And I've sat in the congregation and granted, you know, serving on committees and doing all those things is, is, um, still puts you at another place from the pastoral staff. And as a congregant, you kind of think of them like up there. And when I say up there, I don't just mean in front of me, you know, performing for me on Sunday, uh, because in the Methodist church, you know, <laughs> we very much are the audience, but I also think about it as you know, they may be some way above me mm. because they are closer to God in some way. Mm. And, um, you know, they're human beings and put on their pants one leg at a time, just like the rest of us. And I think that uh, being on SPRC brings me closer to that reality mm. and much more appreciative 
of what the staff does in support of this church every day, mm. way more than I've ever been in, mm. in my experience. Wow. Um, you know, you're somebody here in the church that has uh, uh, influence, that has lead, that you're one of our leaders. And um, where are you? Let me frame it in two ways. Uh, where do you see the church going as, you know, Kathy Cox? And where, in tandem with that, where do you hope that we're going to go? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, maybe one sort of boots on the ground. This is kind of what I'm seeing in front of us. And secondly, how do we um, connect to that so that we can get to where I hope we can get to? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's yeah. a great question, too. We're never going back, mm. okay? We're never going back. We're never going back. Um, we live in a new world, and the last two years have changed us as a culture, as a as a family, as a community, as a state, as a country, the world. We're never going back. And we need to embrace that because it's never going to be the way that it was before. And we need to mourn it. We need to grieve it. And if you haven't grieved it, I I feel like you should. You have to grieve it because there will be a lot of things that will be missed about that time. Mm. But now we need to move ahead. And we need to say, what are our opportunities to do things in a different way that continues to bring us closer to God? Mm. To continue to be fed spiritually. Whatever that looks like. Um, change is hard and change hurts. And I don't always like change. And some change is really good and some is not so good. Mm. But at the end of the day, change is consistent. And that is really the only consistent thing is change. <laughs> and so how can we manage that in a way, first now I'm at the church plan, manage that in a way that we can um, hold hands together so that the ones that are lagging behind, we can bring with us. And the ones that are running ahead can bring us with them so that we can get to a place that meets the needs of everyone. I think that um, we are going to have to do more things like this. And this may be a success. People may jump on this and go, this is awesome. This is my way to drive to work and be connected to my church by listening to this, these great podcasts with people, a variety of people, with a variety of topics. Um, and it may be a colossal fail, but you never know till you try. Yeah. And we got to try new things. Yeah. And we have to, um, you know, understand that we work now in a remote world. And we may not always be butts in seats. Mm. And that's okay, too. Uh, and having a place for everybody, uh, I think, is important. I think we will reach more people. And I think that we have to start to reflect our community and this church does not mm. reaching out into our immediate community and um and having multiple colors in our in our congregation and multiple cultures and multiple um ethnicities and and just all of those things um it's time yeah. and now is the best time because we've all been through something together that makes us one and to ignore that i believe um I think to ignore that is is uh, just to to slip into a corner, into a fetal position, and deny what's the reality. So that's my opinion on on where we go. I think that um, 
you know, what was the other question? Um, you said first MS shows Plano, and then what well, did I you say? Well, I think you connected the two pieces together very well. Of uh, where do you see us going? Where do you hope we're going? And and those that's that's I think what you just talked about, and the the importance of us taking the steps so that we can create a new space. Um, yeah. It's so important. And we need to fail fast. You know, mm. I think that we're not used to failing. We're First United Methodist Church of Plano. And I'm super proud of this congregation. You know, listening to all that mission, uh, the what they talked about and the missions last night at the town hall made me so proud of this congregation. And we continued to reach outside of our walls. Um, but we don't brag about it. We don't say, hey, we're doing all these things so that other people who want to do those things can come join us. Yeah. Uh, it's it's time for us to open our doors and um, and and do some different things. And if it doesn't work, all right, then let's move on to the next thing. Absolutely. Right, fail fast and embrace the next thing. And I think that we're not used to failing. We want everything to be a thriving success, and we don't really um, we're not really accepting. Of, well, why did it fail? Well, let's talk about why it failed, and then let's move on. Let's either design it different and try again, or let's say, you know what, let's move on to the next thing. And and we're going to have to do more of that, I think, in order to meet people where they are. There's an adage in church work that 80% of the work is done by 20% mm -hmm. of the people. Yep. Can you talk a little bit to the folks about why volunteering is important and Maybe what are some ways that you found as somebody who's been in the, uh, you, you are at a different level of volunteerism right now in the church. I think chair of the SPRC is, is one of the most um, difficult roles that you could accept as a volunteer in a Methodist church. So I'm going to agree with that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're doing it. Your, your boots are on the ground. You're in here volunteering. Uh, and, and I'm sure that you volunteered before, which is why you got approached. So if you can talk a little bit about that volunteerism, why this is important, and maybe an encouragement to people of ways that they can come in and connect to help grow that volunteer base, because we need that right now. We need more people uh, in and working in the ministry of the church. No, that's right. And that's, it's hard. And, and I will tell you, it's hard. And I'm not, I'm not your poster child volunteer. I, I will say I, I don't volunteer enough um, because life gets in the way. Um, and, you know, I, I need to do better. I think that where I have found my niche, though, is in the places that I know that I'm interested and again, I think that we don't do a good enough job of bringing those things to light to say, look, you know, we have this, you know, ushering. It's a great example. My husband is not, and you know, it's no secret, I'm not spreading secrets about Gavin Cox, but he's not really a people person. <laughs> ushering is a step outside of his comfort zone, but he enjoys it and he does it. And that's his volunteerism with this church. Um, he's done it for many, many years and he's what's comfortable and he's found his niche. Finding your niche, I think, is the first step. And, you know, for a congregation, for a person to come in and only come in here on Sundays, I guess my question would be, what is it that makes you smile in the bulletin or on the screen, you know, where it's your opportunity to do something? And I think that people always think that volunteerism means I'm giving up my whole weekend for something mm. or I'm giving up my whole life for something. And I think that to break things down to tell people what you actually need really helps, right? Sometimes you just need people to bring cases of water. Sometimes you just need, you know, someone to show up for an hour and, you know, hand out pamphlets. 
But I think breaking things down helps people to volunteer. I think that, you know, um, it's our responsibility, though, to understand that, um, you know, we're, what is it? When more than one person gathers, um, it is fellowship. And mm. that more than Sunday brings you joy. Sunday school class, um, you know, um, all of the different things that we have, finding the thing that you like and getting involved with it, at least in the way that you can. I have always loved Family Promise. I loved that ministry. When I worked part-time, I was able to do, I was able to make meals. I was able to bring them up here. Um, and then I started working full-time. Well, then I was only able to do laundry on Sundays. Mm. And then I was only able to write a check, write, write a check because that's all I could do. But I think that if you can just do something, anything that works within your life, you find yourself, you know, you find yourself, number one, easing the burden of the 10 percent mm. um, and also getting some finding some joy and being connected and meeting new people. Yeah. Does that answer your Absolutely. question? Absolutely. Yes. And, uh, you know, I found that to be the case, having worked on staff in churches uh, in several different places that um, there is a real impact that happens, not just in the ministry that's happening, that's reaching out, but to the people that are involved. And I think, uh, I, well, I've seen that with people, that they come in, they volunteer, and they're surprised. C.S. Lewis wrote a book called Surprised by Joy. They're surprised by joy. And I loved that Debbie shared uh, last night at the town hall that they received a phone call from the, 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 the young man that was here working the booth, uh, mm -hmm. Wind Ministries from Uganda, and his mother started that. She called him from Uganda uh, and said, the sales that were made here at our church are going to provide Christmas for people in Uganda. And that's what we're here to do. It's mm -hmm. not just about the individuals. It is about that. Yes, we want you to come and we want to be able to help you in your process, your journey of faith, and, and be in a community together. But we also want to take our community and impact the community outside of us here and around the world. Mm -hmm. And we've done that. And, uh, you know, just somebody being here and helping to set up a table made that difference. Yep. And uh, so just talk a little about whatever you're comfortable talking about with your own faith journey, your own relationship with God, and, and how that connects into this church. Sure. You know, it's interesting. It's an interesting question. Um, you know, I've told people before, I don't hear God's voice. I don't, God hasn't, you know, spoken to me to tell me anything. But, uh, and God's been a part of my life forever. I, you know, I, that, that's how I was brought up. That's, you know, that is what I am used to. But I will say that I truly believe that God has been in my, in my life um, in a, a God moments all along the way. And, you know, I can name many of them. Um, you know, my, my relationship with God is the same as my relationship with my sister and my best friend. Um, and that is, you know, up and down through the years. Right. Some days I want to call him every day and, you know, we're texting constantly and there are months that go by that I don't speak to them. Right. Because either they said something that annoyed me or <laughs> right or, or vice versa. Yeah. And, and that's been my relationship with God. I've, I've been angry with God many times. Um, and, uh, you know, I've my prayer life has suffered. I was far from him or her. And, um, 
you know, then there's times where I'm feeling very close. And so it is very much like a family member. And probably that's because God's been part of my life for as long as I can ever remember. Um, you know, there, it's funny because I, I, Matt did a, a sermon. I don't even know. It had to have been in 2000 and 18 or early 2019. And I only know it because he did this, he did this sermon around the time that I had a, sol- a shoulder surgery mm. and it was about prayer. And he talked about how important it was that usually we go to God in prayer and we go, Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? And can you do this? And Matt's whole challenge in this prayer was if you could just start with what you're thankful for and grateful for from God before you hit your list, your to-do mm. list for God. Mm. And I felt, and that was, that really hit me and struck me. And, and at that particular time, my prayer life was not very good. And so, um, during my rehab, uh, I was going three days a week. I had to lay on this table with this heat. And so I started to pray during that time to God and I would do my thankful list. Thank you for the gifts that you've given me that allowed me to support my family. Thank you for my, you know, and my prayer life like exploded Interestingly enough, and I have held on to that, it became a, a habit, right? You do something enough, it becomes a habit. It was three days a week, um, and now it is how I pray. I've completely changed that, and what I find is that I'm in conversation with God a lot more. Um, and sometimes it is, um, you know, why aren't you, like, could you give me a sign? Like, for one time, like, just this one time, could you give me a sign? Um, and then sometimes, you know, um, there was this recently over the last couple of years where, you know, it goes back to the guy on the roof, the guy on the roof who's is flooding around him. And he mm-hmm. says, God, you know, please send somebody to save me. And, you know, someone comes up in the canoe and they say, Hey, come get in the thing. And he's like, no, no, God's going to save me. And the water rises a little bit higher and they bring the helicopter and the helicopter says, Hey, come on. And he goes, no, no, no God's going to save me. And then I can't remember the other thing. And the guy's drowning. He says, God, why aren't you saving me? God goes, look, I sent the canoe. I sent the helicopter. Like, look, what do right. you want? Yeah. And I think that that happens a lot of times to me, right? I ask for a sign and God's like practically smacking me on in the face <laughs> and I'm not paying attention. But um, I guess that's my kind of relationship with God. If you'll talk a little bit about what you see as what's coming up in front of us uh, for the SPRC as things that may be challenges moving forward mm-hmm. and... And you made a good point earlier that, you know, we're not, there's not an, we're not going back. So how do we move forward and how can the congregation be supportive of that uh, so that we can come out of this stronger at the end? No, I I think that's a really good question. Thank you for asking it. Mm. Um, We have a lot of traditional roles in the church, right? We have youth ministers and we have Executive, whatever, chief lead ministers, we have, um, you know, choir directors, contemporary worship directors, and some of those traditional roles will continue, continue to play out. But what the church is going to have to do and what SPRC's uh, challenge, I think, is, is that we have to identify the new roles that we need in this church to be successful because um, an apple... Apples and oranges are not the same. Hmm. And, um, you know, we have a, a person who does great marketing, right? She does great marketing. But that doesn't mean she's an AV expert. 
we have to develop new skills, and that requires different types of roles that we have to have within the church staff mm-hmm. that we don't, we just don't have the skill sets for. And that's not that that doesn't mean that the old skill sets don't still aren't still needed. And so we have to open ourselves up to understand what those are and really be intentional intentional about getting people in those roles who have that experience. That costs money. Mm. And that leads us back to stewardship. Mm. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we want a lot of things. We want all the words to be spelled correctly on the screen. We want the, the, the virtual service to work. We want all those things as a congregation. But we have to have the staff to do it, which means we have to be able to pay the, for those roles, for those jobs, for people to be in those jobs. And so that is some change management that we have to go through in our congregation to understand that because salaries are half of our budget. Mm. And so again, we go back to, right, keeping these things in front of the congregation, making some intentional choices about roles that are important to move forward, non-traditional church roles that we've never seen before, um, and making sure that we can pay for it. And that goes us back to stewardship <laughs> um, and and making sure that we are giving in a way that supports that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, it's the challenge that we're, you know, I think one of the things that we talk about in staff a lot that is so important uh, for us to remember as a congregation is that we are not operating in a vacuum. We are not alone in That's this. Right. This is across right. the world. People forget that all the time. Yeah, and that's important, you mm-hmm. know, that we're we're in this together. Uh, for me, one of the most important things that came out of the pandemic is for people maybe who hadn't thought of things this way to begin thinking about us as humans living on the same planet together. Yeah. You know. So before we move on to kind of some fun, uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you were hoping that we would talk about or that, that in our conversation that you say, I'd like to mention this or, or anything along those lines? I don't think so. Is there anything that you didn't ask me that you wanted to ask? No, okay. I don't think so. <laughs> I think I got it all in there. Some really good conversation, too, and you and some really good good things that... Uh, I'm actually that an are... interesting person. I mean, I... Oh, oh, we knew. We knew. (laughs) Stuff. Uh, Oh, when I sing, you can edit that out, but we need to sing sometime. Okay. I actually was in the first uh, contemporary band that this church had, Cutting Edge. We cut a CD and everything. Did you really? We did. Mm-hmm. So what? Why, Back in the old building. So why? Why are you not singing with the? What happened? Well, just life. Uh, yeah, life. It was every single Sunday for many, many years, um, and it's and the band. You know, the band broke up. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a lot of responsibility. And at that time, the church wasn't. Um, you know, we weren't all embracing contemporary worship mm. at that time. It was still, mm. and so uh, you know, there were times where there were three people in the congregation, and it was a little rough to continue to do that every week. And it mm. was during my Sunday school hour, so I wasn't being fed. Yeah. Um, and I needed it was time for me to be fed. So okay. so yeah. But, so but yeah, it was super fun. Best time of my life. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly, you need to come sing with the contemporary oh, worship band. Oh, I'd love to do that. We totally need to do that. Okay, mm-hmm. let's do that. Would love that. All right. Not okay. every Sunday, but I would do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's do that. I'd love to build that up and have more of a rotation, so oh, that yeah. we're not, you know, relying on the same group every single week like we are right now. Um, I mean, some of the folks that we have are professionals and that come in uh, and support us that way. 
Um, but particularly the singers, that would be really useful. Okay, so you're on my list now, Kathy. Okay. Uh, and that's great. That's a good thing. Um, okay, so let's kind of cycle into these uh, these kind of I fun questions. Now. So three books that you'd recommend to our listeners and why, like what what is your, uh, and I, I just thought of this. So if you put this, that's okay. But for the rest of it, I'm going to edit in to the questions that the Bible can't be one of them. The Bible's what, not one of so, them. So, uh, okay, all right. Because uh, that's like the easy, I'm not you know, her. I'm not that girl. <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Well, you know, it's like I taught, uh, I helped with the kids uh, at some point uh, in many different s- scenarios, you know. we do s- some little lesson or VBS or something or whatever, you know, and the question would be, well, what about this in the Bible or whatever? And there would always be at least one kid who would say, Jesus. I know. I'd say, well, you know, that is usually the answer. To be fair, that is a good call. Like if we're in church and somebody says, hey, who did this thing? That's, go go to that first. My son, every time I'd ask him, what did you learn in Sunday school about Jesus? (laughs) Jesus, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Always, always. Well, that's solid. But, you know, know. so three books that uh, you'd recommend. So I'm going to give you two books. Okay. I'll take it. All right. First of all, it's The Underground Railroad by um, Colson Whitehead. Mm. If you haven't read it, it is as my husband, um, as I've talked to my husband about it, to me, it was, um, very much a horror book. Mm. It was, it took me a very long time to get through it, but it is a book everyone needs to read. Mm. Um, because it, it is, um, a very good portrait of slavery in America. And I think that it's important. We never repeat that again, Mm. but, um, very well done book. So I highly recommend it. Second book is a book called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. Mm. Um, and I have a great story about Brene Brown that I won't tell you here, but she is um, a slap in my head that God gave me that got me to this book, mm. interestingly enough. Uh, I hope I get to meet her at some point. She's a Texan, and but she's also who has taught me how to be more vulnerable, wow. and uh, which was a lesson that I needed to learn. And uh, it's a great book. And she has many books. This is my most favorite that I've read so far. But I ha- So I highly recommend it. Okay. Love Brene Brown. Moving along to something a little different, uh, movies. Yeah, I only put two there, but really it's ten. So <laughs> The Sound of Music is my all-time favorite movie. Okay. All-time favorite movie. First, I mean, all-time favorite movie. I can sing. I can, I can quote that movie. Um, my other... Favorite movie is every Harry Potter movie. So that's actually 10 movies, but, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but two movies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you had to pick a favorite Harry Potter, if you had to pick one, like mm-hmm. Desert Island, you said, this is the one I'm stuck with. Half-Blood Prince. Good choice. Thank you. Good choice. So let's move on to, so we're doing, we've done books. We talked about books, movies. What about some... And this is me being biased as a musician, but music is so important and it affects yep, people's lives. Agreed. So what are some songs that have been important to you? That one was the hardest one because really? there's so many. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel that. I feel that. Um, one is Yet I Will Praise. And that actually is a song that I have sang in the church a thousand times. And um, it is it is a song I come back to over and over again and a song that other people that have has meant something to others because it's really about keeping God at the forefront, no matter what you're going through. And, um, it means a lot to me. And so that's what I, that's really important. Um, one to me, um, I will survive by Gloria Gaynor. A, who doesn't love disco, but B, I will survive. I mean, it just, 
it just it says it all, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. Yeah. And then the last one is You Say by Lauren Daigle. Yeah. All comes back to, again, vulnerability and those voices in the back of your head that talk to you. That's one that I, I really, really love um, that okay. she sings. That's those awesome. Do you have a, and this wasn't on there, so this isn't on this, and if you don't <laughs> have an answer, spot, it's fine, okay. but uh, do you have like a favorite artist, favorite band, or or singer that you like, your go and that's another one of those Desert Island, uh, it's stuck on the Desert Island, you know, what's a, a, a they don't even make, Bonnie do they make CD, CDs anymore? Probably, <laughs> they, they do, Bonnie uh, Raitt is probably, oh, Bonnie Raitt. I love me some Bonnie Raitt, yeah. I love me some Adele, I love me some Kelly Clarkson, um, yeah, yeah. Good choice on Bonnie Raitt for sure. And oh, the other two as well. Adele and Kelly Clarkson are two amazing yeah. singers for sure. Um, so back to the Bible. We've worked our way back to the Bible. Uh, is there a Bible verse that's been important to you? Or um, maybe if you have a story with it, that's fine. If you don't, that's okay. Uh, but do you have something that's kind of been, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for that some people say it's like a life verse, mm -hmm. something that's kind of impacted you that you kind of keep coming back to or keeps rolling back around for you in the course of your faith journey? Yep. This one was the easiest question you gave me. Oh, all right. Which is shocking considering that I, I'm not, and my husband will tell you, like I have to have tabs in my Bible yeah. growing up Lutheran, you know, we, but, um, Matthew 1926, um, you know, all things are possible, right, through God. And that is, I hold, I, have, I hold on to that, right? All things are possible through God. And I, um, I, that's the, I don't know that I haven't even need to explain it, right? Yeah. It's, wow. it's my go-to. It's a good choice. If you can keep it in mind, you can get, you can, every day you can walk through your life, whatever it is. Um, and, yeah. So how can the folks listening or watching, um, how can they connect to you? What's what, if, they were, if they wanted to connect to you, other than just, you know, you're at a church on, on Sunday and they see you in the gathering area or in the sanctuary or whatever and wave, uh, what are ways that they could connect to you if they wanted to share something with you, particularly as somebody who's on the SBRC? Sure. Uh, every way you can imagine. I am, um, you know, uh, people call me. People text me, and I can tell you as the chair of SPRC, I've been shocked at how many people could find me. <laughs> <laughs> and for what? So so we don't need to put a graphic up. Then people will have found you. People find me um, through Realm, um, through email, through, uh, yeah, any, any way um, that you ever wanted. I'm in the church directory. Uh, I have a landline. Yes, I still do. And I have a cell phone. I have, yeah. So anyway, that you can connect with me. And if you want to connect through my husband, Gavin, because you know him better, he knows how to find me too. Okay. Yeah. But anytime, awesome. although the best way to connect, you can edit this out, is to say that you listened to our podcast and it was your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. Okay. That's good. Oh boy, that, that's how we have to end no. right there. Uh, okay. Wow. Well, Kathy, thank help? you. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate you're welcome. you. I hope this worked for you. It, it did, and I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know you're busy, and uh, taking time to sit and, and talk with me and be part of this new thing that we're doing. So, thank yeah, you very much. I can't wait to hear how it turns out. I can't wait to listen to it. I I'm interested in that myself. <laughs> 